So I'm going to say a bunch of words that you don't understand. Oh, God. But this isn't for you. Was it a sports thing? No, no, no. Okay. But everyone, we are in eastern Kentucky and about two hours away from Harlan County for all my justified friends out there. That's all. <laughs> That's it. Just wanted to put that out there. Can we talk about the Golden Girls again now? No. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Jillian Benzavale. <laughs> Patrick Heinz. Hero Bell. Oh. I know. It's my new favorite did thing. Did you hear about yourself? I did. You said that last time. Okay. Oh, did I say it last time? <laughs> Hi, Julia Benzavale. Hello, Patrick Heinz. Oh, fam. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. You know, be here. yeah, I just want to say, maybe join us on the Pates if sure. you feel like it. We are going to start doing a bunch of really cool stuff on the yeah. Pates. We're going to start doing drag bingo, yep. like live drag bingo. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend Jason's going to come on and do some like cocktail sessions with us because he's Fun. like a sommelier and he knows how to make all these amazing, amazing drinks. Great. It's all going to be for anybody at the five or higher, but it's also where you can get our 400 and full ad-free bonus episodes. 400 and full. 400, 400 and full. full. Yeah, 400 full ad-free. <laughs> Which is basically how I describe myself. Oh, stop. <laughs> ad-free bonus apps. We do one, one a week yeah. at this point. At this point. We also do ad-free versions of these episodes. Yep. And we do some like AMAs or yep. some like, you know, advice stuff that is all, you know, in good fun. At the after party level. It's all just, it's just a really fun extra time with us. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do know. I know all exactly right. what you mean. Okay, great. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Uh, what are we talking about today, girl? Okay, so this is on Discovery Plus. It's called Murder at Carter County Mines. There's a lot of secrets out here. Violence, rage. This would not happen in my family. My aunt, Sherry, had missed work for two days. I had not seen Gary in a few days. I was afraid that something domestic had happened. They had maybe gotten an argument. We had no idea who the victim was. They put a tap on our line. You can almost taste the death in the air. I don't know who you are. What are you doing involved in this? I can't imagine being that cold. You hope that if you find them, they'll be alive. I was his jailhouse girlfriend. Then the bomb dropped. The first thing they say is that we're in eastern Kentucky and all I want to do is drink bourbon. I asked you if we could drink today and you weren't that into it, so we're not. But we I wish we were. What? I, I wish we were. I also took it back and said, of course we are. <laughs> Wait, should we stop and order Trisley? <laughs> is it too late No, now? Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You hear Kentucky, and I'm like, I'm just going to justify. I know, and I just go to Bourbon. Okay. But we're with Robert Garnes. He's a Kentucky State police detective, and he tells us that Eastern Kentucky has some of the most extensive cave networks in North America. And I just made this note that I feel about caves the way I feel about the woods. And if you go in there, you're definitely going to find a monster. Yeah. Well, be- the thing is, people from all over the world come to see these caves. That You know, that's what Robert's telling us. Like, there's graffiti down there. It, like, I understand that that like the woods, caves are beautiful and that there's yes. like, lots of people who like them. But, but they also need to be respected. I thought you were going to say they also need to be cleaned. Because <laughs> I feel like they're no. I feel like they're dank and d- there's definitely bugs. Bugs I mean, and animals you are in there? literally going into someone else's living room. How many I times know. do you have to say that? But a cave also, like, when you're going to knock on the door? No. I know. And I never feel like I have that. Th- What's that thing? The fear of confined spaces? I guess fear of confined spaces. No, what's I'm sure called? there's some phobia. No, there's a word for when you are claustrophobic. Oh, claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, private school. Sorry. I need you. <laughs> I told you my brain is not. I don't know what's going on today. I don't know either. But I never feel like I have claustrophobia unless I need like an MRI or somebody takes me to a cave. Oh, okay. You know? And you've been to a cave how, exactly how many times? I think one time. Have you actually been to I a cave? I think I've Get been out. to Bullshit. one. Bullshit. 
I'm like scanning my gay memories no. for ever having been no. to a cave. But you know what? Maybe not. I, I would bet my life that you didn't. I don't think I've ever been to a okay, cave. So let's okay. stop talking shit about the caves. All right. But anyway. Like, but Robert, this detective. I've been coming to these caves since I was a little kid. There is a definite darkness in these caves. I could walk back through here without a light on. I'm not afraid of it. There's a definite darkness to these caves. And I said, see, I feel vindicated. I mean, that's like all they are. Even the guy who, why would you go in there? Like bat people live in there. They're Mm -hmm. nine feet tall and they're human, but they're bats. Right. Right, right, right. Do you know about this? Uh, sure. Okay. Just is saying. it like, does, do they live where Slender Man lives? Like, are the bat people in the room with us now? Or Like, can you see them right now, can Mr. You? Hines? Can I just you? Like, are you? Can you From see them? From all of your cave dwelling experience? <laughs> That's called spelunking. Which did you know is, that? I did know that. Okay. That I knew. It's a, how do you, it's a fun word. Spelunking. Because it also yeah. sounds like, like, it's, what is that? Onomatopoeia. <laughs> Like, Wait, did I go to private school? I don't know. Oh my god! But what he says is, he's like, "Fuck these caves! Like, I'm not even scared of them. I don't. I respect them. I don't need a flashlight." But he says, "What I am scared of, however, is quote the potential in people's hearts." And I'm like, "Bobby, me and I you know. both." I wrote a Julian Pensavale. Yikes! Yikes! Girl, Rocket Money is back. I get very excited when Rocket Money is here because it's the personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spendings, and helps you lower your bills. I married a person for that. I didn't know you could get it in an app. Right, but now it's not fair to put it all on Steve to remember all of your subscriptions. There are subscriptions, when I started using this, that I'm like, from when? I know. Like, the year that you signed up will shock you. You forget. That's what they say. You can see all of your subscriptions in one place, and if you see something you don't want, you can cancel it with a tap. Yeah. Rather than being like, babe, how do I, do you know, how do I cancel the... Or like calling them on the, calling customer service on the phone or dealing with the chat or anything where you're like not actually talking to a person. This is something, this is something a Steve can't do. (laughs) They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you up to 20%. And all you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. This really is like, does he, do you cook dinner, Rocket Money? Yeah, seriously. Because if you do, I don't need a husband anymore. (laughs) But the whole point is that these subscriptions make it really, really difficult to unsubscribe and cancel and get rid of. So Rocket Money's doing all the legwork for you. Can I point out that we have an equal responsibility of the household chores? I was not putting Steve in a role. Oh, yeah, I just skated right by that because I knew it was a bit for the ad. Fam, Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. I'm sorry, but that's an order. Yes. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash obsessed. That's rocketmoney.com slash obsessed. Rocketmoney.com slash obsessed. Slash obsessed. Get Rocket Money and keep your husband too. Yeah. And get rid of subscriptions, but keep the ones you want. Sometimes you actually want the subscriptions. (laughs) Not all subscriptions. No. So let's, we uh, meet Jamie. (laughs) I love Jamie. Love Jamie. Jamie ends up being really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. She's a local and she is, she drives (laughs) us over the Kentucky bridge and into what she calls the kiss and cousin state. She says, okay, this is the Kentucky bridge. This goes over into the kiss and cousin states, Ohio, West Virginia, and Kentucky. Yeah. 
I Googled. Okay. Marrying your first cousin is allowed in a lot of states. Is that right? And there, this is all from Wikipedia. There's okay. like a grid on Wikipedia that has all of these rules. Oh my God. The rules are kind of bananas. So like, <laughs> for example, in Arizona, yeah. is first cousin marriage allowed? Yeah, only if both parties are 65 or older what? or one is infertile. <laughs> However, sexual relations or cohabitation, not allowed. Wait, you can marry them, but you can't have sex. Right. Okay. Like, so, but depending on the state, I certain things know. are true, Look, certain things are not. Go to the Wikipedia page. Yeah. The Wikipedia page is cousin marriage law in the United States. Oh and you can God. see how inconsistent it is. Like yeah. Arkansas, you cannot marry your first cousin, but you can have sex with them. <laughs> Oh this is my what I'm God. saying. It's bizarre. But Michigan is the only state to say that rape is not allowed, which is what? like, it's the only like caveat. It's the only one that's like, yeah, but we're not raping anyone. Oh my God, Michigan. Like there, that's the only one that's like, you can't take advantage of someone, cousin or not. Oh my God. They were like, it's considered a felony. Okay, Thanks, great. Michigan. Thanks for having all of our Michigan bats. coming through again in a pinch. But like Arkansas, so and Delaware too, you can't marry them, but you can have sex. It's very odd. Wow. I, I love that you went down this rabbit hole. Well, because Jamie, I was like, Jamie, we can't say kissing. Cousins, right? But I think it's one of those things where, like, she grew up in Kentucky, so she's saying it. Like, it's her experience. They they bring her to us early in the app, and we don't see her again until the end. But she's saying, like, my whole life has changed since whatever's about to happen happened. She said, "Who would have thought that I'd be a grandma with three grandkids?" She does not look old enough to be a grandma. No, but she looks like she's like in her thirties. Yeah, but she says, "I got into selling drugs because of my dad. He was very abusive, alcoholic, druggy, but." Like, he had his good points where he was, like, a really nice guy. She started selling drugs because of her dad. And then we'll see Jamie in a little bit. But hell of an introduction from Jamie. Welcome. We then meet Jason Adkins, a local welder. And he's he's the one who says, like, this town has a lot of secrets more than you could ever dream of. And that's no joke. And I was like, damn, Jason. He's like, there are a lot of unsolved murders. He says, one time when I was 12, three boys were killed execution style just because they rode their four-wheelers into a field of marijuana. What is going on? They, They, They like, stumbled on a grow site and got killed for it. And 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 they never found out who did it. Oh, my God. Yikes. So we also meet Marlene Stewart. She's a retired (laughs) cop. We learn all about Marlene. She didn't become a cop until she was 37. Yeah. She was like her. But but then when she did become a cop, she was like assigned. I don't know if it was her choice or she was assigned, but she basically dealt with all of the sexual abuse cases in the county. Right. Child sexual abuse cases. And she says, like, it's the one thing everyone doesn't choose. But she did it. And she started working in 1997. And she says that in one year, she had over 100 cases. But she says something super heartbreaking here. She says sometimes, like, when she would hear an address, she yeah. knew what she was going to see when she got there. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, I got to tell you, like, it, it, it's even in my book, I, I grew up in, like, Section 8 housing on Cape Cod called Swan Pond Village. And that's what it was like there. Yeah. Like, if you got called to a call at Swan Pond, like, you knew it was going to be bad. Oh, God. Yeah, it was either. Yeah. I won't, like, go into it. Sure. But, like, it was a low-income housing. And it was, like, a rough neighborhood. Mm. Yeah. Ugh. This documentary is doing that thing where they introduce us to a ton of people right. at the top. And, and like, they then they all sort of filter back in. So our victims here are Cheryl. They call her Sherry or Cheryl, so you're going to hear both, and Gary Young. We're about to meet a bunch of Cheryl's family, and I love them all. Like, we meet her niece, Lisa, and she's like, I was her niece, but we were way more like sisters. And we meet Brenda, who's Cheryl, the victim's sister, but also Brenda's mother. Right, right, right. And, like, Brenda and Lisa own a flower shop that they work at. Yeah. And so Cheryl and Gary Young were married for 14 years. Yeah. We're going to learn that Gary has a son from a previous marriage, Mm -hmm. and Cheryl and Gary didn't have any kids got married when they were like a little bit older. This was her first marriage. She was picky about what kind of man she was going to spend the rest of her life with. She loved horses. Gary, he loved horses. They met at a horse event 
Gary was funny, just like her. They loved horses. Yeah. That's like a big thing. They like raised horses. They loved horses. They met at a horse event. Yeah. It's and all... she just thought like he was the funniest. Yeah. So they were married for 14 years and now it's January 16th, 2004 and Cheryl hasn't been at work for two days. Yeah. And that's a Friday. Yeah. It's Martin Luther King weekend. Yes. Right. So yep. it's like Monday is everyone's off on Monday. That, Which that becomes I'm going to take major umbrage with this when we get there. Yes. So people are starting to call around and ask about her. But the thing, the same thing is happening with her husband, Gary. Gary's yeah. boss is calling, looking for him. He also also didn't show up to work. And now Brenda, Sherry's sister, yeah. is getting a lot of these calls. At the flower shop where she right. works with Lisa. There's a lot of characters a here. A lot. <laughs> and so Brenda sends her husband over to the house. You got to check on Sherry and Gary because no one's heard from them. They, neither of them have shown up to work. Like something's going on. Yes. And but like he, the husband goes to the house, but like smartly calls the police and a sheriff's deputy meets him there. Right. And this is where we also meet Officer Robert from the state police. He meets them there too. They knock on the door and nobody answers, but they notice that the horses are still in the barn. And they never would have left their horses. And like, Lisa, the niece, says the horses were very intuitive. I mean, animals can sense when something's wrong. And I they also haven't been fed for two days. Oh, like, my God. Animals know their routine. Yes. And so, like, their people aren't there. And I'm sure, like, they're kind of like, what is going yeah. on? And they, they can say the horses are, like, audibly fucked up. Yeah, like, yeah, what's yeah. going on? Oh, also, Cheryl's car is missing. It's a little silver Malibu that she loved to she drive. She loved it. Little silver Malibu. But people are thinking, like, these two were insane in love. Maybe they just like took off for a couple of days. They loved going to like horse events. Yeah, good like, for them. rodeos or state fairs, but everybody checks the calendars. There's no horse events happening in town. And also Gary's truck is still there. Yeah. And icicles are starting to form on the truck. Remember, it's January. Yeah. And then one of the sheriffs is like, wait a second, what is that? It looks like there's blood in the ice of the of icicles. the icicles that are forming on this car. And they also say his car is there, but her, her little car is gone. And if they were going to take off for a couple days, they definitely would take in his truck because he was like a super tall guy. Right. The little Malibu is yeah. just like a little fun yeah. car. But if they're go like going somewhere. On a trip. You know. Also, like all of their jobs are calling around looking for them. They feel like, they seem like the type that would call their jobs and of be like, course. I need a couple days Absolutely. off. Absolutely. Yeah. So here are some of the things that the cops found or noticed when they're at the house. Yeah. Blood was found on the back of the pickup truck, like we said, and on some of the tools in the barn. Mm -hmm. We walked into this store, and when we entered, I noticed a very strong smell of bleach. There were three large spots in the floor that were discolored. It appeared that the spots were made by somebody trying to clean up blood. Stay stupid. Stay stupid. Like, Keep how up, dumb do you have to be to, like, like, there's a, like, you understand the bleach is going to make the blood go away, but it's also going to make the carpet that right. spot disappear. And that smell doesn't go away. No. So all these, you know, two days later, Every, assumingly, you know. Yeah. So there's also, interestingly enough, the home was not ransacked, so there was right. no forced entry. And so some, we take, like, 10 minutes yeah. to talk about how this was probably, like, a domestic violence situation. Meaning, like, implying that Gary probably killed Cheryl. And then bailed and didn't take his own truck and left the horses. Like, but we really dragged Gary through the mud here for quite some time. Well, Robert, okay, I gotta say, I like, I like Officer Robert a lot, but he says this thing, I know what he 
means, but he goes, at this point, it very easily could have been a domestic violence situation that went overboard, yeah. to which I said, Officer Robert. It's never on board. It's never, we're never on we're board. We're never on board. We're never on board if it's a domestic no, no, no. violence situation that went too far. Uh, no, like, that's no, not no, a no. thing. It's, if it's happening, it's too far enough. <laughs> that's too far, Robert. Like, enough. <laughs> but then they, they also say, like, you know, if the perpetrator actually lived at home, yeah. you know, they do have a right to privacy. And so he didn't want to lose any evidence based on this, like, illegal search and seizure. Right. They had to do it all on the up and up. Yeah. So he says the best thing to do is, like, to back out, secure the home, and obtain a search warrant, which is what he does. He enters the missing car into the NCIC as a stolen vehicle, and he enters a couple into NCIC as missing people. Right? Like, that's, like, the, the right. online database. So, like, all they know is that these two people are gone. There is a crime scene. We don't even 100% know who the victim is here, if there are several victims or any idea who did this. Right. They just know that people are missing and a crime has occurred and was very sloppily cleaned up. Right. And remember, it's a long weekend. Yeah. Based on the fact that this was a holiday weekend, it did take a little bit of time to get the search warrants. But the investigation continued. Talking to family members, talking to neighbors. Nobody had seen anything. Nobody had any information. This is what makes me crazy. Like, I, I, if I just don't understand how it works, please let me know. We have missing people and blood everywhere. Right. Now, I know a warrant has to be signed by a judge. Is there literally not any judge that is available on the weekend to sign a warrant? Do they have to be clocked in to sign a warrant, or like, can someone do it on a Sunday afternoon? People are missing. Yeah. These people are missing. They could be in danger. It's they a crime could, scene. I, it's a crime scene, but, like, it's not even like a crime scene where there were dead bodies. That would be tragic enough. We don't even know if these people are right. dead. They are could be out there tied to trees right. or what and the evidence of where they are could be in the house and we gotta wait till fucking Tuesday because it's a holiday weekend are you kidding me no, I, 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 mean, I agree know, I know that you didn't do it <laughs> no I'm not kidding but I'm like they say it a hundred times like oh it was a holiday weekend so we had it took I longer know. what yeah I, 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 I agree with you obviously when you go to judge school shouldn't you be like can I work on Sunday if I it, want is to is there a way yeah but yeah I, that's the thing it's like if someone knocks on my door yeah. and they're asking for a warrant I yes. mean it happens on TV I, I honestly can it God. happen in real life like people are missing imagine it's Daisy missing and we can't get a warrant for wherever she last was until Tuesday? No. You know how many episodes of SVU where the judge is like, this is my day off. I know. <laughs> I'm here signing this thing. It's like, all right, Judith Light, just it's do it. <laughs> Patty Lapone, enough, like, all right, please. I know she's a lawyer now, like, I, I love know. the show, I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, they're always like, you know, like, oh, we got to get to the golf course to get the thing. Like, please. Exactly. Are you trying to tell me that television is live to, to me golf. all this time? <laughs> the judge is on the back nine. We got to get she's there. She's signing and she's getting her hair go, done. Go, 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 yeah. go. <laughs> right? Like what? Which Broadway star is going to be this? It's like Joanna Gleason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> There's one person listening to this who got that. Yeah. Somebody's like, did he just say Joanna Gleason? He sure did. Who won a Tony Award for Into the Woods in like 1989? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Uh, yes. For sure. <laughs> but they're like, all right, if we can't get anyone to sign this warrant, they're still investigating as they're waiting, right? Yes. So they're talking to family and friends and neighbors. They're trying to get all the information that they can. Cheryl's sisters were adamant about the fact that she would not leave the area without letting them know. And Cheryl's purse was missing. Because her purse was missing, it just made us think that there was a possibility she was alive somewhere. They don't have information other than they wouldn't leave without telling anybody, especially Cheryl. And they neither yeah. of them would leave the horses. And they also say that Cheryl's purse was missing, which is giving them some sort of hope that maybe she's alive. Right, like they, she just left somehow, or I don't know. Yeah. So now we meet Paige. There's like we're just adding another person to the family. Yeah, yeah. Paige is Lisa's daughter. Lisa is Brenda's daughter. Brenda is Cheryl's sister. Guys, you don't. It doesn't I know, matter. It doesn't matter. They're all great. They're all <laughs> go here. to the website. We got a family treat. No, we don't. I'm no, just we kidding. don't. But while they're waiting. 
waiting for this warrant and investigating. They're like trying to look for issues in the marriage to what? see if that I would like. To, I want to talk about Paige for a second. Oh, okay, talk about Paige because we're with Paige in her hair salon. I know, and she says she's that she, giving. She's like doing a blowout. She's doing her own mom's hair. She's like, I do my mom's hair every six weeks because Aunt Cheryl like instilled a love of like beauty and cosmetics into me. Yeah, I just thought that was really sweet. That is really sweet. And you wanted to skip it. I didn't want to skip it. <laughs> I accidentally skipped it. Look, a good blowout can change your life. I know. God, if only I had the hair it for would it. Change it sometimes. Like wow, can all you, you need is a good blowout. Next week, I'm going to come in and you're going to be like, "What's different about you?" I'm going to be like, "I got a blow. I got, I got that. I got that blowout." I you got said. it. And, and I look at you and say, "Do you feel great?" I feel good about myself. There you go. We do learn something important here because Paige tells us that the last time they all saw Cheryl was at like a family Christmas party, and that Gary and Cheryl showed up late, and Gary was like in a bad mood, and he was kind of being a jerk, right? And like Gary wanted to leave, and Cheryl wanted to stay, and I'm like. Okay. And then all of a sudden There's they were gone. Here. Well, they're just saying that, like, niece Lisa's like, it was a natural thing to wonder if that had anything to do with what had happened. I, honestly, in my heart, I thought immediately that there was a domestic situation. Maybe there was a domestic violence situation that occurred after. Like, we didn't know Gary to be violent, but maybe he was, and he was being kind of a dick that night. Yeah. It's a little bit of a red herring. Yeah. A it's, little, It's you not know? Gary. Gary didn't do this. But they, they're also grasping at straws because it's like they don't know what happened like, to these people, and they're both gone, and, like, everything is out of character. So yes. they're like, maybe everything we knew is a lie, yeah. and maybe that time that he was grumpy at the party, like, does that have to— They're just looking for—they're well, looking to make sense of it. They're of like, it's also only Saturday, and we don't get the warrant until Tuesday. Like— of course, everything is going through their minds. Right. Girly. Girly. Holy anchovies. Our favorite vitamin company, Ritual, has saved 1.4 billion fish by using a vegan-certified form of omega-3 DHA in their multivitamin. Yeah, it's microalgae from Saskatoon, Canada. I love Saskatoon. You know, and Ritual is all about the traceability, so they are bringing those receipts, everybody. Uh, not to mention, we've been screaming this into your ear holes for years. Yeah. Ritual is a clinically backed multivitamin for women 18 plus with high quality and traceable key ingredients. The whole thing is they want you to know what you're putting in your body, right? Yeah, yeah. They call it clean bioavailable forms. We say we kind of know what we're putting in our too body. Too long for a drag name. You know what I'm too saying? Too long for Way a drag name. too long. It's got nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Their unique beadlet in oil is even patented. Yeah, and their capsule has a delayed release designed to make it gentle on an empty stomach so you don't have to say, oh no. Like, you can take it whenever you want, yeah. basically. Give me two adjectives of taking the ritual. I know you, you've been loving it forever. Minty. Yeah. Delicious. Okay. <laughs> Helpful. Yes, <laughs> That was three. That was three. You're a star student today. You know. Fam, start a daily ritual that you can feel good about and help save the fish while you're at it. Yeah. Ritual is offering our listeners 30% off during your first month. Visit ritual.com slash TCO to start ritual or add Essential for Women prenatal to your subscription today. Yeah. Save the fish. Save the fish and thank you, Saskatoon. You know? You know what I mean? I'm, I do. I know exactly. I'm a Saskatoon. You are. <laughs> the Saskatoon. Get it? Let's we did it all. A Saskatoon sandwich. That is a drag name. Thank you. <laughs> Saskatoon, for sure. So it's January 20th, 2004, and Cheryl and Gary Young have been missing for six days, and now the cops finally have the search warrant. It's been six days missing. That's not okay. Am I wrong? I I don't think you're wrong. Am I wrong? Like, six days? Six days. Because it was a holiday weekend? That doesn't make sense to me. No, I agree. So he's finally back at the house with the search warrant. They're in the house and they're taking swabs and pictures and checking for fingerprints. And Lisa, the niece, I guess she's like standing outside watching. I guess, yeah. She says, They went into the home. They kept coming out. 
and getting more and more luminol. For them to keep getting more and more, it must be bad in there. It must be fucking bad in there. Yeah, yeah. And so here's some of the stuff they find. On the recliner in the living room, yeah. there's some blood spatter and transfer blood. And we know that transfer blood means that something with blood on it touched it and then yeah. like left blood on the chair. They also say it was like high-velocity blood spatter. It just seems like it was a very violent kind of, like a violent scene. He says somebody had to have been dragged. He says, I can say at least one body was left bleeding in three different places because there were three different spots on the floor that were cleaned. Right. But they also found no ballistics evidence. So, like at this point, they're like, there's no forensics, no shells. There's no, no like, gun case. There's no gunpowder. Like it, but like something really bloody happened here. And they just keep finding more blood. Like there's a, a wheelbarrow with blood on it and outside. They, like, outside. So they think that maybe that was used to transport a person in or out of the house. Also, a trash can with wheels on it that had blood in it. And the cops are told that they have a 22 caliber gun in the house, but the cops cannot find that gun. Yeah. So and he says, like Officer Bob says. Somebody did not leave that house under their own accord. The question is, is it Gary or Cheryl or was it both or of them? Or was it both? And so it's also clear that the computer and keyboard were stolen. Like you could still see like the dust outline. Yeah. So someone just like picked up the computer and keyboard and the cops are like, all right, well, we fucking need that computer. Like, right. Like maybe it could tell them the motive. Would it have any valuable information? Because Why did they take the computer? The only things that are missing are the gun and the computer. Like obviously they were, I mean, like they weren't there robbing the house. They weren't taking all the electronics. Exactly. You know? Exactly. There's also a witness. Yes. There's a neighbor who says that they saw a young man in the yard about like mid-20s wearing jeans, a flannel, a jean jacket, and he's walking with a limp. Their neighbor thought maybe he was there taking care of the horses or something like that or doing farm work. Sherry and Gary take care of their own horses and they never hire any help for their farm. Absolutely not. They shut that down. They were like, they tend to their own horses. Thank you very much. Like, if you want something done right, you do it yourself. Yes. Or you get Gary and Cheryl to do it. Right. Especially with their horses. Like, yeah. they would never hire any outside help on the farm. So that's definitely not who this was. So who the hell is this person? So who's that person? But then also, Lisa tells us that two weeks before Cheryl went missing, they had lunch. And... Cheryl was saying she was concerned that somebody had been in their home because things were missing and the drawers of their hutch were like left open. Yeah. And I was like, what kind of fucking lazy robber was this? Just opens up, oh, the thing I want isn't there. Let me just leave the drawer open. Well, then, but then Officer Robert is like, well, maybe that incident was somebody casing the house. Right. And they came back to rob the house the night that like maybe Gary and Cheryl were killed and maybe they came upon the robbers and right. that's what happened. So burglary gone wrong. But also just like you said, if you're being burgled, it's wrong anyway. <laughs> right. It's already gone wrong. No burglary goes right. I hear you know what, what you're I mean? saying. Yeah, yeah. That like sometimes, oh, I just wanted the computer. Yes. And then It's like a you burglary know. gone worse. Right. You know? Thank you. You're welcome. That's how you say it. <laughs> it's a burglary gone worse. So Robert the cop, right? Rob... Robert, yeah. Bobby, Bob, whatever. Bobby, baby, he's Bobby, the, booby, Robbie. He's on the case. Somebody's like, is that bitch singing company now? Yeah. It's a real of gay episode. Of course you are. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you be? Bobby, baby, Bobby, <laughs> booby, Robbie. I'm gonna come over for dinner. Ooh, you just got a little, like, <laughs> soft. <laughs> So he's getting information from the credit card companies. Yeah. And he finds out some information that someone tried to use a credit card belonging to Gary or Cheryl in Dry Ridge, Kentucky, like 130 miles away from their house. So this always makes me nervous because if you're using a credit card of the person that you killed or if you're if you're like Gary and you killed your wife, but now you're using it like you're. 
you're going to be found. And right. it feels, that should make you happy, not nervous. Well, it makes me happy that they're going to be found, but it makes me feel like they're acting with reckless abandon. Yes. It makes me feel like they're acting with like they have nothing to lose. Yes. Because they know they're going to get caught, so fuck it. So now are they on a that killing spree? Yes. That, that always scares me. Okay, I hear you. Yeah. But they're saying, like, could this be the burglar or could this be Sherry or Gary? Like, we we still don't know if Sherry or Gary are alive. Did she we kill no him? Idea. Did he kill her? But whoever has the card is using it more and more, and they're using it all over the place. From Cincinnati to Lexington and Louisville. It's regular, everyday purchases. It was frivolous things, Victoria's Secret and a big box store in Lexington. They're getting like essentials and like thigh highs, I guess. I guess. And it's a like a, such a weird, like somebody is obviously dead here and somebody's going, like somebody's using their credit card to Victoria's Secret. Right. And I wrote, please tell me that you're going to get the security footage. Why, why does it feel like this is my idea and nobody else is thinking of this? <laughs> is it another holiday weekend, perchance? Do you just not even bother running? It's a long but, weekend, so don't even run the cameras. No, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, like Officer Bobby is telling us this. Like, he's not like in it. Woo, woo, woo. Like going to the store to get yeah. the fucking security footage. No, well, that gets worse down the road I know. when they basically ask everyone else to help. So, but not in the way that you're thinking. We'll get to it in a second. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, but then a check was written at a Walmart in Lexington, yeah. Kentucky. $41.74 and it was signed by Gary Young, one of our missing people, potential victims. Right. So they're like, so did Gary hurt Cheryl and he's on the run, but like, what a jerk. Like, he's signing his own name on the check. I'm like, hey, guess what, Officer Bobby? There's only one way to find out. You gotta go get the security footage. Right. And why do I feel like I'm the only one who has this idea? And everyone's like, well, he was kind of a jerk to Cheryl at that party a couple of years ago where that's like a notoriously very stressful time for a lot of people. He was a little grumpy that one night. He, he must, have must killed be her. a murderer. I know. So the cops are going with this theory. They're like, you know what? You're onto something with that you Christmas party thing. Because they're asking around. So they call Gary's ex wife they call his co-workers and they're like give it to me straight don't bullshit me yeah gary sucked right, <laughs> right. <laughs> like he was pretty bad come on be honest and everyone's like no like he was super nice he was really quiet well liked had a great reputation you know if there'd been a lot of activity there i would have known it gary had no record i found no criminal activity in gary's past and i was looking for it and believe me, I was, I was looking, looking for, for it. it. Look. I know. We, like, meet people that Gary worked with. We learned he was a boiler maker, which apparently is a welder that works on power plants. Like, holy shit, it's Gary. It's also a drink. A, a, boiler, a boiler maker? maker. Yeah. How is it possible that I don't know what that is? Kick his ass, sea bass. You would never drink it. Oh, and what neither is it? would I. But it's like, you fill a pint glass halfway with beer. Oh, God. And then you pour a shot of, like, you drop, like, the whiskey, like, a oh, shot of whiskey God. into it and chug it. I would drink that. Are you I a would... chugger? No, I, no, no, no. I'm not a chugger, you but would I just, would. just, like, sip your boiler maker? <laughs> it's meant for frat boys and, like, it's, it's meant. Sold. It's meant for people to just get hammered. No, I would do it once. Like, if I was out with, like, a bunch of bros for yeah. some reason and we were having fun and they're like, let's all do fucking Boilermakers right. or whatever. Chug, chug, I chug, would, chug, chug, chug. I would definitely do it. Wow. I would do it one time. I love how I say chug and you just do a slurping I sound. <laughs> anyway, barf. So, yeah, totally. January 21st, seven days missing, right? Yeah. Cheryl's car, that little car that she loved. Yeah. It's been found. 
And it's at a it's in the parking lot of Bethesda Hospital in Cincinnati. And like the family's like neither one of them had been a patient there. Like right. this is clearly like you're dumping the car. So what the hell? So Officer Bobby Baby, Bobby Bobby Robbie is sure. like, we had no evidence crew at the time. I was I was the evidence. Like Bob is invested. He yeah. drives up to the hospital in Cincinnati, which is over in that kissing cousin state <laughs> of Ohio. I'm just kidding. No, Jamie's I'm, words. I'm just kidding. I did that, those are I know. I've never even heard that expression before. So you have your cousins and then you have your first cousins. And then you have your second cousin. No, honey. I know. <laughs> but anyway, he goes there and he says, like, he was hoping, I mean, I guess hoping is the wrong word, but he was thinking that, like, there would be visible evidence on the car to indicate that something had happened in there. Sure, yeah, of course. And he says there's not, and they impound the car, and then we never hear another word about it. Wait. I thought we would get more info about, like, of course, it's you know, the judges only work on Thursdays in this town, so we're not going to get a warrant. for 3.30 and 4. <laughs> exactly, right. And so then they're out the door. That's probably why we didn't hear anything else about the car. Absolutely. Because there's no, we, but anyway. <laughs> Anyway. But anyway. So the cops are like, we have spoken to absolutely everybody in the family except, weirdly enough, yeah. one person. And that person is Gary's 21-year-old son, Andrew. Now. Can you hear the tone in my voice? Am I know. I, am I giving, am I passing the, the salt? Not the, whatever, whatever the line is. <laughs> are you what now? It's like, it's like, oh, you passed the, what is it? It's oh like, oh, like, God. pass the salt, not the joke or something. The point <laughs> is, I gave it away about Andrew is the yeah. point. Because I was going to say, like, we see a picture of Andrew and Right away, tell me if I'm just being judgmental, but right away, I immediately kind of jumped back. Like, I felt a darkness in this kid. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's a perfectly pleasantly looking person. I'm not making a comment on his appearance. I'm just right. saying that, like, we see a picture and I felt darkness. Right. Is all I'm saying. Okay. But we learned that, you know, Andrew is Gary's son from a previous marriage. Ask for the salt, not the joke. It's ask for it, <laughs> not pass for it. Not pass it. What? Sorry. Is everything okay? No. Oh, no, 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 no. I have a sneeze brewing for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> Bobby, baby, Bobby, <laughs> Bobby, Robbie. Off the rails. Oh, um, <laughs> so sorry, you were saying, I apologize. We learned that he was also the ring bearer at Cheryl and Gary's wedding. And, you know, we learned that Cheryl wanted kids, but they said that because of her age, when they got married, they decided not to. And he already had a kid from another marriage. And he had like a 21-year-old son, you know, like. But like what we are told is that. It seems like he had a good relationship with Gary. He enjoyed his dad's wit. Like he, he would laugh at his dad. His mother just mainly had custody of him. There were times he come and lived with Cheryl and Gary, and then he would go back to his mom. But Andrew did spend most of the time with his mother, Gary's yes. ex-wife. But when they were all together, Gary and Cheryl and Andrew, everything was fine. Like, everyone got along, yeah. and it was okay. So, like, Officer Bobby calls Andrew's mom, who's Gary's ex-wife, and she's like, it is weird. I haven't seen him in a few weeks. It's not super uncommon Hasn't for him. Hasn't seen Andrew the son. Hasn't seen Andrew the son, right. Yeah. And it's not, like, super uncommon for that to happen, but the only thing that concerns me about that is the fact that Gary is also missing. Right, so, so now like, she's worried. Yeah, and that's weird. Like, if Daisy, if I hadn't seen Daisy in a couple weeks, and Steve was missing, I don't think I would connect the two things. Right. So it's a red flag that the mom was like, oh, it's oh, weird that no. he's missing yeah. and also my, my my husband is missing. Right. And just a, a little, we're, we're introduced to someone very quickly again, but Stephanie Griffith is Andrew's girlfriend. Yeah. And we learned that like they were super in love, but much like you caught on to, like they, there was a darkness to their love. I get the feeling that it was a like pretty dramatic relationship. That, uh, yeah. Right? They don't expand. Darkness is a pretty specific word. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Because you, like if it wasn't, if there wasn't violence in there somewhere, I feel like they would have used a different word. I, yeah, I agree. And I think, yeah, it's, um, it's, it is a word, like such a word to use to describe like a, a relationship. Boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Darkness. Like 21 year old people in a relationship. Uh -huh. There's a darkness there. Uh -huh. That's heavy. I don't like it. I don't like it either. 
Um, Jamie is back. Jamie is our, our local friend who from said? the top of the episode who talked about the kissing cousins. <laughs> do you We're wanna... really harping on the kissing cousins. Do you want to direct people to the Wikipedia page again? <laughs> no, I've, I think I've done it plenty. <laughs> it's okay. You know, though, like, we, I don't, like, I don't, I'm not judging anybody, and I'm also not, like, believing that that's true of these dates. I'm just, it's a, it was a funny thing that Jamie said. It's a funny thing she said. Are we in trouble? No, you're obsessing over it a little bit. We do, because you're obsessing over it. You asked me what she said. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to talk about Jamie and how she knows Stephanie. Well, I okay, so let's do that then. Girl, Skylight Frames is back. We both just got so excited because you have one and you love one. And I thought, oh my God, it's that time of year because Skylight Frames is the perfect gift. Yeah, so Skylight is a touchscreen photo frame. Yes. You can send photos to it straight from your phone or computer or whatever, and they appear right away. But you can also preload photos before the box is even open. So you give it to like my mother full of Daisy pictures. Right. Yeah, that's part of the gift, right? right. So you open it. I mean, I, I mean it. So that's part of the gift. And then there are 20 preloaded photos already on there. And it's a very, it has a specific email address. So like, if yeah. Daisy Daisy does something cute, which she's going to do in two seconds. Of she course. already did it and she's doing it right now. All the time. And you want to send it to your mom, you could do it like from far away so it brings people together. And get this. Here's the big thing. This looks really beautiful in your home. So I've seen yours in your house. It's it looks, filled with dogs. It's just dog photos. But the photos are displayed in HD resolution and it looks like a real modern photo frame. So it just looks like cool pictures. And you're like, wait, what? Two seconds ago, wasn't that you and Fiona? Yes, it was. And now it's a, a, any number of dogs I know in my life. Yes. Seriously. I'm going to put out my the email address. Just send me pictures of your dogs. Think of it this way, too. It's better than social media. It's a great private way to share photos without posting it to the world. Yeah, and they have all these options. They have a black frame, white, silver, limited edition poppy, which is like this orangey red color, gold. You can do it portrait, landscape, lots of options. Listen, fam, as a special limited time offer for TCO listeners, get 15 bucks off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash obsessed. To get $15 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com slash obsessed. That's S. K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash obsessed. Yeah, it's cute. It is really nice. It brings people together. You, the first thing you said was, oh my God, we have one. <laughs> I know. I love it. <laughs> so Jamie is our friend from the top of the episode. Uh-huh. And she explains how she met Stephanie, who's Andrew's girlfriend, right? Yes the dark relationship and they met through a drug dealer and you know Stephanie was really tiny but she was really nice Jamie describes her as kind of like diminutive like yeah. right, like really quiet always kept her head down but the thing about Stephanie and her family the Griffiths were probably the wildest family in town you know when we got called there we knew the address we knew who we were going to be dealing with and it would be Richard Griffiths and his wife Lina Stephanie was their daughter they knew all of our names Stephanie knew all of our names. I don't feel like that she stood uh, much of a chance of getting out of the type of lifestyle that she grew up in. I don't think Stephanie stood much of a chance of getting out of the type of lifestyle that she grew up in. Yeah, it's sad. It makes me so fucking sad. I always say it. Kids are so powerless. Yeah, yeah. She didn't ask for any of this, but here she is. Yeah. So Cheryl and Gary have been missing a week. And Lana, Stephanie's mother, calls the cops because she hasn't seen Stephanie in 11 days. So now the cops are looking for four missing people. Yes. Gary and Cheryl, who are married, Gary's son, Andrew, and Andrew's girlfriend, Stephanie, they are all missing. And, like, connect the dots. And so, like, finding one of them is going to probably lead to finding any number of them. Yeah. So finally, they subpoena the the surveillance video from the Walmart where the check was written. I feel like Bobby woke up in the middle of the night and was like, oh, my God, you know what I should do? You know what I should do? Let's wait till Thursday when the judges are working <laughs> for that half hour. and 4 o'clock before <laughs> and they're out the door. Run over there and get a subpoena for the... Signing as they're putting their jacket on. <laughs> do, do, 
You know, normally I wouldn't stay late, but you seem like you're in a real hurry, Bob. I know, so, so I'll stay past yeah, yeah, this one time. And I'm sure the judges are great. It was just it you guys. Too long. I'm. I know. Please don't come for us. <laughs> no, I know. We're giving the judges a hard time. I was just like, there's got to be a judge that works on a Sunday. People are missing. Right. We I, got. I agree. We got to do better. I agree. So remember, because the Walmart was where someone wrote the check for forty one dollars and, and signed, signed it. Gary's like, name. Gary supposedly signed it. Yeah. So we see the person. It's not Gary. Obviously. It takes the cops two seconds to realize that it's Andrew. It's Gary's fucking son, Andrew. Yeah. Right? Of course. So it, now that Andrew and Stephanie are also missing, like they're clearly involved in what happened. Yeah. And I, once again, like Andrew, you have to know you're going to be on the surveillance video. Because I mean, Andrew's been caught before. Right. Right. So he has a record. Andrew had been previously arrested and charged in Ohio in a attempt to steal a tow truck. We found out that Gary helped him out, put his house up as collateral. And as soon as Gary did that, Andrew took off. Andrew bails. Right. Like, Andrew's on the run again and just, like, causing trouble. And I think that tells us something about their relationship that we're not being told otherwise. Because we've been—everyone in Cheryl's family is like, oh, my God, they got along great. They loved each other. But I don't know about that. Right. Or at least, like, like Andrew was using his father, yeah. knowing that his father was going to always bail him out. But then I'm also like, trouble. did Gary lose his house? Like, how—do they actually take your house when that happens? I don't know. When you put it up for collateral? Yeah. I don't know. But I think it's the same house that we're in now. Yeah. Right? So the cops are obviously trying to track Andrew down, and he's using their credit cards. He's signing as them on checks. He's all over the place. But Officer Bobby is like, because of the technology in 2004, it like takes two days and a judge that is working to right. get the warrants for this stuff. So they're constantly two days behind. One of the family members tells us they can tell that he's in Louisville because he's like using the credit cards in Louisville. And the family is like, can we send a cop out there to try to find him? And the Louisville police say, we don't have the manpower for that. We're going to fax you a fucking wanted poster right. with his picture and information on it. And you got to go out there and Find him yourself. So Lisa, the niece, is like, hell yeah. Yes. She goes, my cousin and I made a bunch of them. We decided we were going to look for Andrew. We would go during the day. She'd get her gun. And we would hit the malls and everywhere. I really was trying to keep that from my mom because she's not good with me running around Louisville with a gun, you know, trying to find him. But, you know, we wanted to help. My cousin grabbed her gun and off we went. Okay, now if we're going to slow down on anything, can we slow down on that? Vigilante Justice Lisa and her cousin yeah. out with their gun looking for Andrew. Right. Oh, that is terrifying. That, because they never, they don't know Andrew's on the run. He's definitely involved in this. Yes. Like, they don't know what they're going to walk into. And Lisa's like, I kept that little tidbit away from my mom, Brenda, because I don't think she loved the yeah. idea of me and cousin Tina or whatever running around Louisville with a right. loaded gun looking for Andrew. Like with an agenda. <laughs> with an agenda. <laughs> so one day, the cousins go to the Jefferson Mall. Yes. And the cousins split up and Lisa's cousin goes into a store to sh with this wanted poster yes. or whatever. And a gun. And a gun. And the woman, hopefully, I don't know, if concealed carry, <laughs> I don't know where we are. But, and the lady at the counter is like, wait a second, yeah. that guy was just in here with his girl friend like two minutes ago yes so the cousins are like oh my god like he we're right we're so 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 close they're right here so now we know that he's definitely with stephanie uh-huh and the cousins now print out a photo of her car to show it to everyone because they call officer bob to which i said thank god i'm so glad that lisa and the cousin didn't run out to the parking lot yeah. seeking vigilante justice the guns were just for their protection i think they <laughs> I weren't know. actually okay. gonna I, use them you know what i hadn't actually considered that that's what i because you never know what you're gonna walk into so like andrew's dangerous and i'm also like don't shoot and we need answers out of andrew i know you know what i mean i know but officer bob gets there and he knows that 70 drives in 1993 blue olds cutlass right right so they get a picture of it the family makes flyers with a picture of the car 
This random guy takes the picture. He's just trying to help. He's like, sure, I will take that and I will keep my eye out for this car. No problem. Two minutes later, this guy pulls into the post office because he didn't get stamps.com. He didn't. And he's walking into the post office. Yeah. Who is he holding the door for? Oh, fucking Stephanie. Stephanie. I know. He has the flyer in his hand. I know. And he's like, oh, right this way, miss. And it, Stephanie is driving the car and this guy just springs into action. So he pulled his car up behind her and popped his hood. She was furious that she was blocked in. And he said, hey, I'm sorry, I've got car trouble. It's gonna be a minute. So she went next door to the bank and cashed her check that she got at, at the post office. So he pulls up behind her car and pops his hood. Yeah. And of course, Stephanie's like, what the fuck? Like anyone would yeah, be pissed, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. You're running errands. You just want to get home. And he's like, oh my God, I know. I'm sorry. Sorry. Like this car, this damn car oh giving God. me trouble again. Always acting up. And he's like, oh, this is such an inconvenience. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be a few minutes. Can you just hold tight? Like, I'm so sorry. And she's like, oh, fine. So she gets out of the car storms over to the bank, cashes the check that she got at the post office, and I'm like, I guess she was mailed a check? Apparently. Like, 90 minutes away from where she lives? And this hero, who we don't meet and we don't know his name, I guess it's already called the cops, because Officer Marlene gets there, yeah. and she, like, Stephanie's coming out of the bank, I guess she knows Stephanie. So now this, she's... Is, this is all in Lexington, Kentucky, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like 90, it's 90 minutes away from where the murder took place. And she's like, Officer Marlene is just stalling Stephanie in the parking lot, like, waiting for backup. And I'm like, but where the fuck is Andrew? Where is Andrew like weren't they traveling together because like obviously right Officer Bob shows up he makes Stephanie pop the trunk to the olds <laughs> and he's convinced that he's gonna find Andrew hiding in the trunk or that he's gonna like find the bodies of Cheryl and Gary well he finds none of that he finds none of but that but he does find receipts yes literal actual receipts like yeah. credit card receipts yeah, yeah, yeah. with Cheryl and Gary's credit card info on them and the dates show that Stephanie and Andrew have been together since Cheryl and Gary went missing yeah it's all very incriminating so they arrest Stephanie for theft right and they're hoping that they can hold her until they get get more evidence or get her to like crack on Andrew or get her to spill something. Stephanie had talked to her lawyer and some arrangement was made for Stephanie to let us know where we could find Andrew. Stephanie immediately flips and throws Andrew under the bus smartly. Because they, she calls a lawyer and yeah. the lawyer's like, here's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to set up an arrangement. Like, you're going to rat on Andrew. You're yes. going to tell them everything and this is what we're going to do. Yeah, and she basically, like, the, the deal is that She's got to tell them where Andrew is. And she says, look, we were going from motel to motel, and eventually they just rented an apartment. Yeah. And also, P.S., I'm terrified of Andrew. Yeah. I wasn't always scared of him, but now I am. He has a lot of guns. I'm actually in the process of trying to leave him, but this whole situation is really, really scary. So they they also are told, she tells them, not only does he have a lot of guns, he's gonna he won't go down without a fight. So right. like, don't just go knock on his door and be like, hi, would you come down to the station and answer a few questions. But they kind of do exactly that. Well, but they get a, they get a cop to dress up as a maintenance worker. <laughs> like, I love this undercover. The Remember the, the one where the guy peed? The oh, one, oh my God, he peed. The, what was it? The the Dexter killer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wanna be Dexter killer? Totally. And the cops are like, he peed. He peed. He peed in his pants. Peed? That guy peed himself. But this is what happens. Like, the maintenance, the, the quote, air quotes, maintenance worker knocks on the door. Like, Andrew turns around to let him in. The guy tackles him. Because now they, like, have this apartment. So yeah. I guess they were trying to settle down in Lexington or whatever. So they arrest him. Yes. And they start questioning him about Cheryl and Gary. I asked him about his parents. The only thing he told me was he heard something about his dad being missing. 
but had no idea what I was talking about. I heard my dad was missing or something, and I'm like, eh, wrong answer, Andrew. <laughs> answer. But he's arrested, and he's char- he is also charged with theft, because that's all they can get him on right now. Right. But at least they, they can get him off the street. Right. So we get this on-screen text that says, as police struggle for leads to find Gary and Cheryl, Jamie, the one from the beginning, which yeah. I guess I'm not allowed to say, she, she should make the kissing, the kissing cousins, cousins reference or joke <laughs> or whatever. She's booked into the county jail at this time for drug trafficking. And this is where we learn Jamie's significance to the story. Right. So Jamie, while she's in the county jail. She gets booked in the same day as Andrew. Right. So she gets sent to the hole for fighting. Right. <laughs> And I love your just jargonistic. Like, she's she sense of the hole, does she? That's, she is. She the shoe? The shoe. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's is fighting on day one. You yeah. Know, but, she, but she gets sent down there, and she explains it, and it's like, oh, God, it's so terrifying. I know. It's like this really little cell, four walls. There's a vent, there's a toilet, there's a sink, and there's a really small crack under the door. So you can't even see. You're, like, totally isolated, right? Yes. And the person... In the hole next to her. So basically, these are individual rooms for solitary confinement. Right. And the person next to her gets her attention. And they get to talking. Yes. Let me tell you, they fall in love. It's Andrew. It's Andrew. Jamie's like, I became his jailhouse girlfriend. Yes. (gasps) They write notes to each other. They're called kites because you, like, write them and then you, like, fold them really small and you flick it across the hall and it goes under the person's door. Yeah. And, like, Andrew is doing time for theft. He manages to get himself thrown in the hole. And now he's hardcore (laughs) flirting with Jamie. He's like, Stephanie, who? I know. Then he screams, Andrew screams to Jamie, get on the phone! Which is the vent. vent. Now, which just made me laugh so hard that they call the vent the phone. Of course. Because that's how they can communicate of to course. each other. No, I, I, well, I get why they do. I know. But I'm like, does anybody else have access to the vents? Like, is, is it a party line? Like, is it? Yeah, I don't know. I think they know just I mean? leave them down there. And yeah. like, I don't think there's a lot of like care or human rights happening down there. Uh-huh. But I don't know. Like, I don't really know the timeline on this, Jamie, because Jamie says like, we fell in love through prison walls and I know like you on the outside, you don't get it, but I'm telling you like this shit happens. Yeah. I'm just curious like how long they were down there. And I know. It couldn't have been that long. And I know that when you're down there, it's not the same amount of time yep. as up here. I, yep. I know that completely. Yep. But I think it was a couple of days, yes. maybe, of them just like flirting and really at like really falling in love. So much so that Andrew's like, Jamie, I trust you with everything. This is bonkers. Jamie, I need to tell you the truth because I love you and because Get on the phone. I have to tell you something. And who is Stephanie again? You I keep know. saying that name. I, I don't know. know who she is. So he says, he's like, remember how I told you I'm in here for theft? Yeah. That's kind of technically true, but I also, uh, me and my girlfriend killed my parents. Right. They killed, and and she's like, what? Yeah, because we don't learn in this moment that that's what he told her, because she, like, we know that he told her something very dark and heavy. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're watching the episode, we know what it is. Mm-hmm. But she says, like, she turns around, like, Jamie's awesome. She, like, says to herself, like, self, I'm really struggling with this. It was a big debate with myself. I didn't want anything, because I'm not a snitch. And then I thought about my mother. You know, if somebody was to ever do anything to my mom, I would want somebody to tell me where she was so I can lay her to rest. And then I just finally sent a kite out to the guard and told him I needed to talk to somebody. You know what? Fuck it. She calls a guard over. She's like, I really have to talk she to somebody. She sent a kite to the guard. She, yeah. She, she wrote a note. She folded it up and flicked it out. She sent him a kite. I got to talk to somebody. Yes. Travel. 
Girl, DraftKings is back. Fam, I want to encourage you to unwrap the first of many presents this season with holidays on the house from DraftKings Casino. Yeah, with hundreds of games, prizes, and promos, DraftKings Casino has everything on your list. Fam, get this. Right now, new players who play $5 get $100 instantly in casino credits. How do these companies stay in business? You hate Vegas, but you I love do. playing DraftKings Casino. It's a way for you to like play casino games without having to go to Vegas. And I love it. You get that $100 in casino credits. Like, I'm terrible at this stuff, but I got to play and it was like, oh my God, this is so fun and it didn't even feel real. Yeah, you're playing the slots, blackjack, roulette. Yes. Fam, download the DraftKings Casino app now and sign up with promo code TCO and play five bucks to get $100 in casino credits. I'm giving you $95. That's essentially what's happening and yeah. you, and like you, you mm-hmm. don't have to go to Vegas. That's true. You can do it in the pri- privacy of your own home. Don't forget this, fam. The promo code is TCO only at DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Tell them what's going on, girl. All right. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. 21 plus, physically present in Connecticut, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia only. Void in Ontario. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. One per opted-in new customer. $5 wager required. Max $100 in casino credit awarded, which require one-time playthrough within seven days. Terms at casino.draftkings.com slash holidays on the house. Restrictions apply. It's February 6th, 2004, and Andrew is offered a deal because they're like, look, we know that you, we know everything. We spoke to Jamie or we spoke to somebody or yeah. I don't know if they're protecting Jamie or, or what they're doing. Hopefully they are. Yeah. And Andrew's offered a deal to lead investigators to the bodies in exchange for taking the death penalty off the table. Yeah. And so when Andrew tells Officer Bob where the bodies are, Officer Bob has this like amazing moment where he's like, every minute when you're looking for a missing person is an eternity to a family. So like he gets the information at 2.30 in the morning as to where the bodies are located. He fucking pulls Andrew out of the cell at 2.30 a.m. Like he's not waiting for Thursday for the judge to sign the warrant at 3.30 and drives them to the middle of the woods to the caves and like has Andrew lead them into these dark, dank, terrifying caves at 2.30 in the morning to show him where the bodies are. that's what happened. And Rob the cop, Rob RoboCop, yeah. says like, look, these were innocent people, well-liked. They didn't do anything. And if Andrew didn't start talking about this, we never would have found them. Because Andrew leads them like a quarter of a mile into the cave and there's like a stack of wooden pallets. Yeah. And Andrew's like, they're under there. And as they start to pull the wooden pallets back, Officer Bob is like, it's worse than anything you ever see in a movie. You can almost even taste the death in the air. If Andrew hadn't have pointed it out, it's very unlikely that somebody just passing by would have found them. It's worse than anything you've ever seen in a movie. Like, these people obviously didn't deserve it. It was a very... It was a very, like, descriptive moment yeah. of just how awful it was. Yeah. But, yeah, he says, like, if Andrew hadn't shown us where they were, no, nobody ever would have found them. Right. And so, like, what is the motive, exactly? Like, why did Andrew do this? I mean, Andrew has a whole story. He's singing like a canary. Once again, we get this whole thing on tape. He tells us that he and Stephanie were just sitting around drinking, and Stephanie was like, why don't you just go over to your dad's house and rob him? Yeah, and Andrew's like, you know, I would. Yeah. Uh, but they don't really have anything worth stealing. They have, like, a bunch of guns and a camcorder. Like, there's really nothing that valuable over there. And then Stephanie's like, but well, you always say that they, like, have money, so why don't you just go kill them and take the money? Yeah, because the cops are like, Andrew, cut the shit. Yeah. How did this turn into murder? Like, I, I, we don't exactly. what are you talking about? Because and we don't know for sure. Andrew tells the story that it was Stephanie's idea. If you kill them and then you forge checks, 
facts, but you hide their bodies well enough. Without a body, there's no crime. No body, no crime. She said she saw that on court TV. On court TV. So if you can kill them and we can hide their bodies in a way that nobody ever finds them, we can take all their money and nobody can ever blame this on us. Right. So Andrew's throwing Stephanie under the bus completely. She was the mastermind behind this whole thing. Yeah. So Stephanie, according to Andrew, Stephanie takes Andrew to find a gun, find some ammo. Stephanie, I guess, made these purchases in all cash. There's no Uh, proof of this. Yeah. And then every day... For four days, Stephanie drops Andrew off across the street from Cheryl and Gary's house. And he's supposed to go over there, wait for them to leave, and then, like, rob them and walk out or whatever. And, and No, just, no, no, no. He's supposed to wait inside and kill them when they come home. Fantastic. Yeah. But he can't do it. Right. So it's, Four days in a row, and he's saying... How would she feel when you come back? She'd pick you up and you would tell her that you didn't do it. I guess you could say it's a mix between aggravation and disappointment. The next morning, again... She drops him off. And uh, told me, you know, if you don't do it this time, I don't know about it or I don't know about you. Or... She'd be real disappointed that I hadn't killed my dad and his wife. And remember, this is the man who put up his house for Andrew yes. after he was arrested for trying to steal a truck. And we're told they were like... And they're totally innocent people. Super like, close. And like, also hearing Andrew describe all of this, there's no emotion in his voice at no, all whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. And so he just like sit out there all day long and Stephanie would be like, oh, I didn't do it again, coward, or well, whatever. And then he says on like the third day, she said to me like, if you don't do it, then I don't know about you and I don't know about us. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I'm like, break up with you if you don't murder your dad tomorrow. Yeah, on the fifth day of him just like sitting around and I'm like, none of this makes any sense but no. that was enough for Andrew to jump in line and follow orders, I yeah. guess. Because he sits out there in the barn all day long, drinks a ton of beer, gets wasted and waits for Cheryl to come home because she came home at five o'clock every day. Yes. So he's waiting for her in the kitchen and he says as hammered. So- hammered. As soon as she walks in, he shoots her five times in the chest and two times in the head. With a twenty-two cal pistol, right? Like, oh my God. And he says, like, without any remorse in his voice at all, he's like, I'm no, like, medical pathologist, but I'm pretty sure she died instantly. Yeah, oh, like Andrew. But then he hides the body, and we get no information on how he Where did Where or really. how, yeah. You know, I guess, but the wheelbarrow might yep. be a role in that, because yep. we had blood on that. So we don't really get any information on that. But then he, like, sits and waits for Gary to get home. Ugh. And this time... Andrew is holding his father's own 22 caliber rifle. Because remember, earlier the family's like, look for the gun. Like, Gary yeah. had a gun and they couldn't find it. It's yeah. because Andrew had it. And that's what Andrew used to kill his own father. Like, he says, he and Gary lock eyes. They didn't speak to each other. Andrew raises the gun and shoots Gary three times in the chest and two times in the head. He was shot by a coffee table and between the coffee table and the couch. He shoots Gary three times in the chest and twice in the head. Like, I know. oh my God. Again, for no reason whatsoever for Gary and Cheryl. Like, th- this is all Andrew's story. So in his confession, he's just like, all of this was on Stephanie. She was all her idea. I was fine to rob them. Yeah. But like, she really, 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 really wanted me to murder these people. So we could write fake checks and as long as we hide the bodies, then no one can blame because this Because she on saw us. it on Core TV. Yeah. So... Everyone else is like, yeah, no, no, no. Remember Jason the welder yes. from earlier? He'd gone to high school with Andrew. They were like friends back in the day. And he's like, yeah, no, this is bullshit. Yeah. So Jason says that he met a girl and that she told Jason that Andrew would often talk about killing Gary and his stepmom. Yeah. And she uses the expression, no body, no crime. Yeah. That, and this was two years before the murders happened. And the girl telling Jason is like, I don't think he'd actually do it, but it's fucking weird that he's talking about it. Yes. Like she was creeped out by it. So like Jason is saying, he, like he's 
blaming this on Stephanie, but he's been talking about this for years before he even knew Stephanie. And he even confessed some of it to Jamie, his jailhouse girlfriend. Yes. Because she's the one who's like, no, 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 Andrew hated his mother. Yes. Hated his stepmother, hated his father. And she goes, he had mommy issues. Right. And Andrew's dad, like, always would put, like, his wife first. You know, like, he just had a lot of contempt towards these women. The, the idea was that, like, Andrew's dad had kicked his mom out and Andrew loved his mom and he hates, so he hated his dad and the stepmom. So... Yeah, but then we then we like don't ever get any clarity on like what the act we didn't we never get Stephanie's side of it. Right. And also because then Rob the cop has like this other motive where he's like he was greedy and wanted money and he was jealous of Gary and Cheryl and their lifestyle because they were like upper middle class for the area. Yeah. But I'm like, then he lied because then in his confession he told Stephanie there's nothing of value there. Right. And he didn't actually rob them. I mean the, the whole point of this is that it's also pointless. Like the tragedy of this is how stupid and pointless these right. murders were. And we because and because we don't get Stephanie. Stephanie's side, like, was Andrew abusive to her too? Right, yeah. Was that part, like, was she telling the truth about how she's scared or were they just sort of trying to pit each other, like, playing both sides? Like, I, there's no details on any of this. So, as it's ending, we learn that in July of 2004, Andrew was sentenced to life without parole and yeah. the case is closed. And Stephanie accepts a plea deal and is sentenced to 20 years to be served consecutively, but she's released in 2014 after serving 10 years. Oh my, so she's out. She walks among us. And has been for like 10 years already. Oh my God. Stephanie, don't call me. Don't call me. Okay, bye. Unless you need help. Like, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. her side of it. Was That's she in this true. abusive relationship? And, like, did Andrew manipulate her into being a part of this? Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know anything. I don't know anything either. <laughs> no. Oh, girl, we did what's it called? It's called Murder at Carter County Mines. Oh, my goodness Ugh. gracious. Uh, fam, join us over there on the Patreon. You know, over 400 full ad-free bonus episodes to download a binge right the second. We're going to start doing, in, in the month of January, we're going to start doing some really fun stuff. Yeah. We're going to be doing drag bingo and cocktail classes and wine stuff and happy hours. Yeah. I'm very excited to, like, reinvigorate the pace. Yeah, new year. Yeah, new, new year, new us. New us. <laughs> new pace. We're going to stay a little the same, I think. I think I'm going to stay a lot the same. Okay, great. <laughs> but, you know, but but just more. Just okay. more, more extra. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, what are we doing next? So, this is on Discovery. Discovery Plus, it's called Faking It, Murder Far From Home. This is Ooh. a murder that happened um, in the UK. Okay. And we have so much footage. Like, we can track this guy almost the entire time, and he just sits and lies to our faces about Oh, it. my God. And then we have experts being like, that's a lie. That's a body <gasps> language. So there's a lot of, like, body language yeah. stuff here. That's why, like, the series is called Faking It. Oh, my um, God. But we have, like, undeniable footage of this guy from, like, cameras tracing him, like, his every move. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, and I we hate him. Well, stay tuned for the trailer for that, fam, and our Funny and hilarious outtakes. Yeah. Um, and we love you. We love you so much. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Okay, great. All right, bye. Bye. This beautiful girl, big smile on her face, just graduated from university with all of her life and future ahead of her. Grace Mullane. Grace had an adventurous spirit. Just started a gap year, a year-long exploration of the world. A much-loved daughter... Grace has been missing for several days. ...who vanished on the other side of the world. We get them going up into the lift. That is the last time you see Grace alive. The Faking It team analyzes the words and actions of the prime suspect. Caught on CCTV, the last hours of a Tinder date, the innocent young woman who knew nothing about his violent past. There are like machines and cop cars, I think. Hello? Did I? 
What just happened? Hello, hello, hello. Oh, I'm, I just turned my volume down by accident. Oh, God I, forbid. I could, hey. The volume turned down. Oh, rude. I'm just kidding. But anyway, I was about to say she, but I went shh, and then you started talking, and I don't want anyone thinking Dude, that I was trying to shush. The absolute look of fear in your eyes right now, I'm fine. And she started working in 1997. Shh.